Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode 68, and today I'm joined with Horatio and James, and we're going to uh, kind of break down some of the things that have been happening the past few weeks. I know we've taken a bit of a break for the past few weeks, but it's just only because we've been crazy busy with so many things that we're going to talk to you about today. Uh, Horatio is in uh, Italy for the uh, Concorso d'Eleganza, or however you pronounce Concorso that. Concorso d'Eleganza. Yeah, I should know how to pronounce that because I'm Italian, but, you know, anyway, uh, he was there doing, uh, you know, seeing some of the most amazing things in the world. So we're going to hear about that. So, uh, yeah. Hey, guys, what's up? Yo, good to be here. Hey, Nico. Good to see you. Yeah, I mean, that was a quick intro, but I guess we can tease a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, so I'm going to share my thoughts on the few cars that I drove and saw, uh, including Germany, Austria, and also uh, uh, Villa d'Este. And I guess Nico's going to talk also about his i4 M50 drive. Should be pretty good. And then uh, James is just going to give us his comments on some of the new cars that recently launched. Yeah, yeah, just lusting over them. All right, so maybe I can kick it off then. So maybe let me start with my trip. A couple of weeks in Europe, I started off in Germany, in Berlin, uh, to drive the iX M60. So that's the the top-of-the-line iX model, basically. And... um, I mean, it was an interesting drive, basically, because it's really the first, well, actually, maybe not the second M-tuned car. It's a crazy fast car. Uh, I published a review on that. Um, in in a way, it does feel like the iX X-Drive 50 in normal driving, but, of course, if you have the space to push the car, like on the Autobahn, you can f- really feel that massive power. I mean, that's one of the beauty about driving in Germany. You can really floor that paddle and... The car is fast, but um, yeah, very interesting car. A um, little bit more tuned up than the um, iX50. Clearly, a lot more power with the boost. I think over 600 horsepower and about 1100 newton meters of torque with the boost, which is, you know, pretty uh, neck snapping. But overall, I would say, you know, I can I can keep it short on this one. It is not a full M car. It doesn't want it to be a full M car, and it's really for the people that just want to buy a more powerful iX or they just really want to have the best iX as far as power um, overall I, th- I still think the the 40 and the 50 are really great buys and you're only buying the m60 if you need that power it doesn't really look any different it's got some of the you know black badges all around and it's got a little bit of bronze or titanium trim around it but overall it just really looks like an iX50 with the m sport package inside there is no differentiation either so you know, people ask me, why would I buy the iX M60? Really, if you have the money and money is no object, just buy it. I mean, it gets similar range and just gives you a lot more power and you just have a different car than other people. But I still think the um, the 50 model will be probably the one that will sell the most when it comes to iX. I wanted to ask you about the the ride because the, yeah. the 50 mm-hmm. is, like, beautiful. Like, yeah. it rides incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so does the 60 ride similar or does it sacrifice a little bit of that for performance so it's funny you bring that up because we had an interesting experience um with the guy that i was uh, that i was riding from from the drive and uh, basically we're on really bad surfaces at some point i mean like really really bad it was a stretch of road which probably you don't see too often and the ride was a little bit harsh on on those i mean clearly we're on performance tires and all of that uh, it just felt a lot bouncier than i want it to be so Maybe if you're not on gray surfaces, you will feel a lot sportier and bouncier. And some people might like that, some others might not. But driving overall in you know on the autobahn and especially through Berlin, 
on, on really smooth surfaces. It just felt a little bit sportier than the iX50. And the reason why I'm saying that is because they said that with the iX50 and the 40, of course, they started their driving modes. The engineers started their driving modes from comfort and working their way up to sport. Where on this one, they said that they actually started from sport and kind of went down to comfort. So their goal was really let's make it as sporty as possible and then kind of work our way down to the more comfortable mode. So you can feel that character. It's got a little bit more, you know, uh, suspension tune in there and the steering, it's a little bit more tuned up. Again, I mean, if you go into the comfort mode, it's probably going to feel just the same as the iX50 really. But in the sport mode, it's quite bouncy. And uh, once again, you know, some people might like it, others might not. But um Overall, it's still a very smooth ride, honestly, and driving through the city just feels so easy to drive. It's a big car, and Berlin, it's not a it's not a city with really big streets or wide streets, so uh, it's kind of tricky, but honestly, it just felt kind of effortless to drive it. So I'm still impressed by the iX, you know, the fact that it's a bespoke platform, and it just rides quite nicely, actually, compared to, let's say, like an X5, for example. All right. I'm pretty, imp- like, surprised that the range is roughly the same, you were saying? Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit lower. I guess it's really not that much lower. I don't remember at the top of my head, maybe 280-something with... Uh, I mean, it's all based on wheel options and tire options, too, so I don't recall exactly. Yeah. They're like three mm. different... Weight's the same. Exactly. Yeah. But um, really, it's got the same battery pack. Um, it's using that extra power only when you really need it, so the power consumption is always going to be based on that. Of course, if you keep accelerating and doing those quick bursts of speed, you're going to you know burn through that... Uh, uh, energy a lot quicker but um, there is not a significant uh, range of course we didn't do a, a driving test range either especially because we're in autobahn going about 230 kilometers per hour so that is not normal driving really so any uh, range test that we would have done it would have not been accurate i did record the uh, kilowatts per miles and i think it was quite um quite bad compared to to other evs but i would say mostly because we're really pushing a car and even on normal roads, we're pushing a car quite a bit. So we'll have to get a car like Nico had the iX50 and really do a normal test driving test to get the efficiency down. Yeah, it's tough to do a range test even like when you have it. You know, it's like unless you have like really solid conditions, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, good weather, a, r- a route where you can kind of control how fast you go rather than like one that's going to throw traffic in your face and stuff like that. It's kind of a pain in the ass. So I, I don't envy like the publications that do like intense range tests um i think the best way to just kind of determine the overall like range is just go by its efficiency mm-hmm. you know like how how many miles per kilowatt hour you get like that's just like the perfect way to do it and you see some some uh like ev guys do that too and uh the the 50 netted me like like 2.8 miles per kilowatt hour which yeah. is pretty good i mean yeah. it's okay um, but when you have like a 100 kilowatt hour battery, that's, you know, 280 miles. So yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like then the EPA <coughs> rating, it's quite accurate, actually. So I think for the first time, you, you know, in I mean, actually not for the first time, but on the i3, I always felt like the EPA rating was a little too generous versus the real life, where on this one, it just feels like it's just right. So, yeah, so that was the um, iXM60. I mean, honestly... Uh, it is not a full M car, like I said, so I'm just waiting for the first M electric car to really see what they can do. I mean, this is just really a normal electric crossover and a little bit tuned up. Do you know what the first electric M is going to be? I don't. I don't even know. I should be a W probably knows. By, by now, they're probably um, deep into the next project. But I'm assuming 
it will be based on the cycle. It has to be the um, uh, the new M3 and M4 because that will be the the, the one that gets renewed first. Uh, so M2 comes out next year, so that's not going to be the first one. Clearly, the M5 comes out next year, so that's not going to be also the first one. And then the M3, M4, they're having their facelift next year, which means that they're going to be due for a refresh by 2027, probably 26, 27. Of course, they can push back a little bit the production. They're doing that already with the 3 Series. Um, but I, I think there's still a lot of discussions around the 3 Series also. Do we want to go fully electric in 27? Because now they push back apparently the production. It's not been confirmed by BMW, but we've seen some of the rumors that they push it back by a couple of years, which gives them time to really decide if the entire range of 3 Series will be fully electric, which in that case, um, or in any case, honestly, I think the M3 and M4 will be the first. I think that makes sense, right? I mean, I mean it, it, I'm, you know, I'm no automotive business expert, but it just makes sense to me for the M3 to be electric because if it's not, mm -hmm. then you have another six-year product cycle of it not being electric, yeah. and you're almost certainly going to have competitors that come out in that mm -hmm. space that are all electric. Yeah. And, uh, then, and it then you're playing behind in the times in like yep. one or two years. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like it just makes sense for it to be all electric. And plus, that just would be kind of kick-ass, right? Yeah. Like an all-electric M3, I think that'd be cool. There might be a crazy option on the table because uh, the next X3, actually, that comes out in 25, um, based on what I know, again, not confirmed by BMW because they never confirm anything ahead of time. But um, th it's going to be a, a platform that's going to be... Uh, so basically, they will have two different platforms. They'll have an X3 on the G platform, which is the CLAR, the real-wheel drive architecture. And they're going to have an X3 all-electric on the new uh, NK platform. So which means that you'll have oh, no, two, different pl uh, two different models and two different platforms, you know, same name, X3. So basically, they could... They could go down that route also with the M3 and M4 and the 3 Series. Say, hey, we're gonna still build building a maybe a plug-in hybrid M3 and M4. I mean, they can do that. They have the tech clearly, uh, and they can build an all-electric M3 M4, and then they do the full switch in whatever 2034, whatever 2033, whenever that yeah. next change comes. But honestly, I th I don't know. That's just pure speculation right now, and I don't even know if BMW is really fully decided on that. But um, it's interesting. I mean, I yeah. don't, I don't envy them. I don't envy the, the engineers, the product managers, the the executives. I mean, they you need to make that decision, and, you, and some of the models are stuck in a cycle where, you know, like the X3, you know, you have to go, uh, with both. And someone asked me, so why did I have to go with the X3 on both? Because when the decision was made on the X3, probably it was a couple of years back, if not more. So by that time, they were on the G platform, and then they announced the shift to the new to the new class you know, last year. So now, of course, they need to build one on that, you know, platform also. So I think the X3 would have been starting this year as far as project, they want to be doing just all electric, but it's all about timing, honestly. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. The same the same reason why, you know, going a little bit off, off tangent here, but same thing as the um, M4 CSL comes with the iDrive 7 and the normal screen, but the M3 Touring and all the other, you know, facelift M3 and M4 come with a big screen, <laughs> and people are like, "Why?" Yeah. Well, because that was that was the cycle, you know, the production for for the M4 CSL starts this summer in June, July, where the other one starts towards the end of the year. So clearly, because of a gap of a few months, they had no choice but to go with that smaller screen, which some people might actually like that. So, also, I don't think anyone's gonna care. 
It's a, it's a CSL. Yeah, I mean, for the tech. I'd be surprised. You know, probably have no screens, and people would be like, yeah, it's no. got no screens because it's so hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Also, people would be like, yes, thank you. No <laughs> screens. It's a CSL. Like, I don't care. So about let me the, talk about the CSL yeah. then because we're on that topic. Wireless CarPlay. Yeah, exactly. Since we're on the CSL, let me talk about that. I was going to leave it a little bit, you know, uh, towards the end. But so basically, the M4 Perfect CSL, segue. um, so it would be like that day, Concorso d'Eleganza. I mean, um, that go. was that's the pronunciation I was looking proper. for. Concorso <laughs> d'Eleganza. That's really the reason why I actually went there because I was there last fall and, um, it, it was just six months after that or seven months after that. But the reason, you know, for my trip there was really the M4 CSL. I really wanted to see it in real life. I feel like it was an important car and wanted. Who knows if we're ever gonna see again in that format or probably not. So um, uh, quite impressive in real life as far as the as far as the design because they've added quite a few things to it. I do like the Kine grille a lot better than on the normal M3 and M4. Honestly, I feel like it's m- got more of a racing look and it just kind of tones down that uh, that strange Kine that you see on the normal cars. Of course, it's still there and some people still hate it. But um, I feel like the overall carbon fiber bits they've added, they're, they're quite nice, actually. They don't feel like they, w- they were overly done. So it doesn't feel like one of those over, like a, like a track car that it's meant to be, you know, too much than it should be. And, um, of course, the interior is kind of nice with the lack of, a, you know, rear bench and just a little bit more simplified. But I guess they're one thing that they're really proud about that car it's really the weight loss because losing 200 uh, pounds, you know, 100 and something kilos, they've, you know, from the one they were telling me, it sounds a lot harder than it actually is. So in order to do that, they've done a bunch of things, you know, I mean, aside from removing things and all of that, I mean, they remove some insulation, sound in, uh, insulation, I think, some other things that, like anything, they would, they would shave another kilo or, you know, 500 grams, basically. And um, from a junior perspective, they were extremely proud of that more than anything else, really. But um, the car, it's probably sold out, honestly. Um, I feel like in the U.S., it's abso- it's definitely sold out because I've had a few people reaching out to me if I can connect them with the dealer with BMW to buy some, and I'm like, I can't, no, it <laughs> doesn't work that way. And um, I know I have a pitch giving BMW one of my kidneys, and they didn't yeah. go for it. No, I mean it's all dealer-based allocation. Nobody can really jump that line. And um, there was a there was a guy that I know that that wants to buy three of them, like literally wants to buy three of them, and he one can in even one in every single color. I uh, assume probably. I mean that would make sense, mm-hmm. right? But um, as Nico his and his. Yeah, yeah, as Nico reported, um, they're really less than one per dealer, basically. I got to say that messed me up big time. That yeah. messed me up big time. <laughs> like I saw, I saw the article and I, I, I read it and, um, going back, cause this is a deep cut to our previous episode where like the Daytona is not that of a fantastic watch, but the fact that it's so rare and, yeah. uh, you can't get your hands on it. Like mm-hmm. Nico's article is like, yeah, there's only one and they have to be M certified dealerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll maybe get one. And then like, if there's some leftover, maybe other dealerships will get it. And mm-hmm. then I immediately was like, I need it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess scarcity, you know, creates that hype, but honestly, um, the comments that we've seen, and yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen that Nico too, uh, people were comparing the price point with the 911 GT3. And mm-hmm. clearly, if you put the cars, you know, um, side by side, maybe on track, maybe the GT3, it's the better car. I haven't driven one, honestly, so I can't really give my, 
you know, unbiased thoughts on that, but based on what I've read and all the things that I know about the 911 GT3, uh, it might be the superior car when it comes to track performance. But then again, I guess people that are buying the M4 CSL are not looking at the 911 GT3 as, a re- as, a, as the CSL as a replacement to that. They probably just want to buy a, a top-of-the-line BMW M4. And that's why they're going for it. I also it. think they're slightly different cars. I mean, I mean, yeah, true. Like the M4 CSL is uh, the ultimate four series, right? Like it starts its life as a four series, mm-hmm. and so it is. <clears throat> excuse me, it is brutal. Like it's crazy, powerful, mm-hmm. five fifty horsepower, rear wheel drive. Like it's brutal, yeah. right? And I, it, whoever's driven the M4 knows how violent that thing is. I always go back to Johnny Lieberman's quote mm-hmm. that it's a five legged man in an ass kicking contest. Like it is just. Like it's the perfect way to describe it because it's just monstrous. So adding all that power, or the <clears throat> the extra power and dropping weight, it's going to be crazy. Whereas the GT3 is more of a scalpel. You know, it's it's very sharp and mm-hmm. it's it's got a naturally aspirated engine. It, it's just totally different. You get it with a manual. It's mm-hmm. like totally different cars. The only thing I think that really is going to skew, I think maybe some customers to the GT3 is the fact that it's not limited. Like you can just go get a gt3 i mean yes allocation I mean, is difficult. two years wait time and from what i heard debatable <laughs> yeah. again yeah it, it, that will get better though that will get better as production goes on and but still even to your wait time you can get one yeah you know the csls it's numbered it's over mm-hmm. you know they're, they're probably already bought and paid for so like you said the u.s allocation is probably done mm-hmm. and if you want one you have to get on the used market because you know like someone's going to get three and then put two up on bring a trailer in six months and sell it for 40 percent profit you know so yeah. if you want one used it's going to be a fortune so the gt3 at least you can get one yeah, like eventually mm-hmm. that's the only Absolutely. thing i think that's gonna that like i don't think i think you're right i don't think customers are gonna cross shop it but like, i don't see it yeah i mean honestly customers I don't, might be like well it. i can get a gt3 so yeah yeah exactly just get one of those there's 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 a case to be made for for like GT Porsches though. I mean they also suffer somewhat that um, like Rolex uh, stigma where it's like uh, you can get one. Yes, it's not limited. You can buy one once production comes up. Uh, however, dealerships are still not going to be like stocking them hand over fist. Um, so there's still a very much that uh, preferred premier customer that has already purchased a Porsche or two that will be like, oh yep. Uh, express pass to the front of the line. Yeah, yeah, you totally can get a GT3. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I've never felt that with with BMW. Like I've never experienced that in my life, where there's any sort of like gating or line other than like true proper scarcity. Where like yeah, you were slow. You were slow on the on the uptake, and you can't get one anymore just because you were slow. Not you haven't purchased from us before. You're not like. Mm-hmm going to be chauffeured to the front of the line because you're a preferred customer of sorts right that, that's my experience yeah no i mean yeah i mean honestly uh, I'm, I'm just happy that they made an m4 csl to be honest i mean it's it's cool that they made one it's cool that they revived that oh, name yeah. even, even though the name doesn't mean lightweight anymore really but it's just such an iconic name and just the fact that i i mean i'm actually like in a way proud of them despite some of the products like the xm which actually it it's just an e- in a pretty interesting one because I drove the car and I can talk about that a little bit. And also, I saw the car actually too. So, um, I might have changed my opinion a little bit on it. But um, 
I'm just proud of them because they're still they're they're building some cars right now that they know they might not be able to build in the future. So the fact they're doing the M4 CSL, they're doing the M3 Touring, I can't wait to see what they're doing on the M2 platform. You know, also, so uh, so to me that's actually quite cool. I mean, I I guess they realize that you know combustion powered cars, sports cars might be on their way out in the future. So now let, they said let's just build some really cool cars. Then before we might have been able to you know get them approved by the board basically so um so in a way yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that they're doing the m4 csl i'm happy that it's limited it's kind of just you know continue the csl legacy has been limited and quite unique so yeah for sure yeah. actually i wanted to ask you about another car it's one i totally forgot about when we were introing and kind of brainstorming here um but it's the because uh, related to the csl the 3.0 csl the like revival yeah, of the yeah. So yeah i guess like in a way we uh we we broke the story after somebody else wrote a similar story but i had to correct a few things because i've known about the car for a little bit i mean we already said it in the article and i can kind of reiterate where i talked about apparently it's a it's a coach build custom build car by bmw it is based on the m4 csl platform basically um i don't know what the design looks like apparently it's got some of the homage you know lines and all of that i expect a kind of 3.0 csl vibe there just no more modern basically so i would say that the homage cards probably give a good indication um same engine probably more tuned up for actually we wrote it's going to be more making a little bit more power exclusively imagine. yes it's yes you're right yes you're right which is like Take that's what, like you were just saying that's what, what, what made me think of it was you said you were proud of bmw for making yeah. the m4 csl mm. i'm kind of proud that they're making the 3.0 csl because it's going to be it's just stupid at this point right like it's a monstrously powerful car mm -hmm. with a coach built body uh, only a manual transmission and rear wheel drive it's it's like no one's doing that right yeah. now the only thing is no one's going to be able to get it because it's going to be hyper limited and like obscenely expensive. Yeah, I mean, they're saying um, 50 units, I guess, uh, 50 units and the and price. Like $600,000 or something. It's actually the price, I, from what I've heard, I mean, again, I've, you know, not something confirmed by BMW, but it's not been really set in stone. So there was a wide range that went from 500K to like 700 and something thousand dollars, you know, basically. But um, they're only 50 units. I, I don't think they'll have a problem selling them just because they're 50 units. In no. <laughs> no. a car it's or any object, it's only worth what you're willing to pay for. So if you were selling for a million, they might have sold for a million, for two. I guess people that buy that car, they're not going to look at it like, oh, for you know half a million dollars or more, I can buy this Ferrari or that Lambo. They're not looking at it that way, basically. No, no. They just no, want see, something like very unique, so... I mean, look at um, Gordon Murray, right? Yeah. So yep. the T50, Gordon Murray T50. I think they're only, I think they only made something similar, like 50, or they're only making something like that. But they're two, three million dollars, yeah. and they were sold out before he even showed the first sketch. Yeah. Like, th who, if some, if rich people want dumb, expensive things, they're gonna get dumb, expensive things. They don't care. Some of there's, there's something to be said about Gordon Murray though as well. He his, I mean, his name carries a lot of weight. Yes, so really, yes, he could. But every anything. Ferrari and Lamborghini that does the same are also sold out. You know, when, when mm -hmm. Ferrari's like, we're going to make a million dollar whatever, it's gone. And, you know, the allocation's up in, you know, mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's kind of what we know so far. I mean, it's 
it's coach built by BMW. So it basically, it's it's not on. Oh, they're building. Yeah, they are building. Doing yeah, the they are building? they are doing a coach build. Oh, I yeah, they were outsourcing it. That's what I thought initially, but no, they are doing the the coach build. But it's by coach build, they mean that it's not <sighs> built on the production line. It's kind of like a off, you know, the production right. line. So it doesn't doesn't interfere with anything else, and it's a lot more well, cost. That crushes my dream. I was uh, hoping and praying to the car gods that they have rehired Gijaro to do it, just like they did with the M1. Yeah, but I mean, I'm day. sure they got the expertise in house. Look at the Rolls Royce coach build cars. I'm, I'm sure they got the expertise no, I'm, in I'm house. I'm sure, but it, it just yeah. would have been very poetic and, yeah. and awesome to bring Gijaro back into the mix for one last one last go. Yeah, I mean, I actually listened to to a panel with him. He was on the same panel with uh, with Johan Nerpach, the M founder, and Van Miel That's and Van Hoyden, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Johan Nerpach. Yeah, so it was um was an interesting panel with those guys. But yeah, so aside from that, yeah, so the car, yeah, I guess we'll see this year, uh, towards the end of the year. I guess that will be the uh, icing on the cake as far as the 50 years of M celebrations. And um, I'm really excited to see what they do with the design and all of that. I'm sure people will say, hey, you know, it's not worth the money, and I totally expect that, you know, from a lot of people. But then again, it's like. Anything that's 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 uh, limited, uh, you know, uh, watches, sneakers, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you see sneakers worth fifty thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars, why would not the car be worth seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, basically? Yeah, I mean, like so. with a car like that too, value is dumb. Like there is no value to it. It's just like it's, people are paying what they want to pay for. Yeah, like, exactly. BMW yeah. can charge whatever they want. Yeah. People are gonna, like in terms of like dollars and cents and like power and stuff of course it's not I worth mean, it but it's a limited run thing who cares i mean like, it's the same thing with rolls royce why would you pay 30 million dollars for a coach built rolls royce right when, when you can buy probably you know 30 rolls royces <laughs> like really you nicely literally, literally buy like, like 30 30 phantoms. like not by like 30 phantoms really customized like like bespoke yeah to the like t i mean crazy <laughs> kick-ass phantoms exactly so you, then again you could open up your own yeah or you could buy 20 phantoms and like a mansion yeah. on Lake Como. Yeah. So now it seems And rent out the phantoms exactly. for special events right. that are held at your mansion. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Or so one car. So or, you can or one one boat tail that will mm. probably never be driven ever. So there is one actually. So okay, so hold on. Now we're going off track here on yeah, many different off ways. The rails. Off yeah, the rails, rails quite here. a bit. But then again, so that was the parallel, right? So if people are paying thirty million for a Rolls Royce, there are plenty of people that have enough money to pay seven hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars, whatever that car is going to be, uh, you know, priced at, because they that money it's not a lot to them, and they can own one of fifty basically, and owning one of fifty that's what that's what carries the price tag, not anything that's else. A good investment. Like it could be, be worth I more mean, than that in a few years, right? Same thing with the coach built Rolls Royces. I'm pretty sure that down the line they're going to be worth a lot more than thirty million dollars because I just learned that the process of getting a coach built Rolls Royce it's actually quite complicated. It's like you don't go to Rolls Royce; they come to you. So Rolls Royce goes really? to multiple customers and then say, "Hey, you know, you know, we're thinking about giving you the option to do a coach built, you know, boat tail, but you know, tell me about your ideas and things, you know, that you might want to do with a car." So they're basically, like, in a way, interviewing p potential customers, and, and they're to picking give them 30 to give them dollars. exactly. So, and then this is the reason. I have, I have a proposition for you. You give me thirty million dollars. 
Yeah, but no, but I mean, it makes sense because they car. they want each car to have a, a very unique story, like the Pearl car. The last one was the Pearl. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. was into pearls apparently, and a lot of you know things came from that. And there was a four year process. I mean, we're talking four years. I mean, to to go yeah. back and forth to make sure that you you nailed all the fine details. So uh, and then the last car, I just found out also the, the third uh, uh, boat tail. The owner doesn't even want to say who it is, or, or he doesn't even want to show the car. So basically, we'll never see the third Rolls Royce boat tail. So you're saying that like the third boat tail will never be shown to anyone ever? Yeah. So basically, the third boat tail will never be shown. I mean, I mean that's the. Did they, yeah. did they say who bought the first two? They I don't think they, they did. didn't. No, they don't want to disclose that either. They actually they did not even disclose the price. The media yeah. and whatever the experts came up with a 27, 30 million, whatever price is, but they really didn't disclose. I don't even. I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, if someone probably did heard it somewhere and they came up with did that. Did they number. disclose the first price though? No, no, the they've never disclosed any of that. I asked the question so also. What? Oh. So I guess someone are knows. The rumors, <laughs> are the rumors of the first one being Jay Z and Beyonce? Uh, no, no. Told specifically, it's definitely not them. So, uh, second car, uh, the owner actually picked it up at Villa Desta and drove it. He was there at Villa Desta and picked up the the car and he actually drove the car home. Which was, oh, that was that was really cool. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's that that's brave. Straight that's baller right there. Too. That's yeah, yeah. a boss ass so move. Like, hey guys, this is my crazy, ridiculous thing that you're all here to see. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> take it from you now. Yeah, I don't want any of the hors d'oeuvres or any drinks. What's mm-hmm. up? Hey, okay, bye. Get your greasy fingers off <laughs> hey, my car. <laughs> goodbye. I mean, honestly, just for him to leave the car there for people to touch it, you know, and get close yeah, to no, it. I'm like. That is brave. And then again, that shows right there, there are a lot of people with a lot of money and 30 million might mm-hmm. not mean a lot to them. So if you're talking about that BMW car being expensive, expensive to who? To us? Yes. <laughs> to a lot of people or other rich people? Probably not. <laughs> it's probably... I mean, 28 million is a lot of... Effort. No, I was I was talking about the uh, the BMW one. It's priced at, you know, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Could be, you know, change for a lot of people. So anyway, so that's I, the car. I honestly think that this like custom coach building thing will just only explode and get bigger and bigger in the future as we transition into a world that's all electric and somebody mm-hmm. will want an internal combustion engine with a manual transmission that has a specific sort of design language. Um, I'm sure companies will cater to these custom orders mm-hmm. and we will see like cyclical things like coach building will become Absolutely. more, I don't say mainstream, but more common mm-hmm. for manufacturers that can actually... Uh, provide the like logistical and and like manual labor aspect of building something that someone is willing to pay Horatio to your point uh as much as you're you're asking because yeah. they Do have you mean the money for new EVs no i mean for what will eventually be considered ancient technology like the internal combustion engine right oh, okay. like so like well. fast forward 20 years from now you'll have not just BMW doing like custom coach building but like they'll You'll see other manufacturers hark to the days of yore where, yes, we do coach building uh, using an internal combustion engine and, you know, this, like, the homage and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if this was beca- uh, w- will become a product within companies' portfolios as a thing that they do for additional income and additional revenue to, like, appease the customer that mm-hmm. money is no object, you know, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I have a piece actually on that going live soon. I just didn't have a chance to, to come to the interview. But I, I did a roundtable with Adrian Van Hoyden, and I asked him, you know, I think he knew that I know 
and I knew that he's not going to really respond to the question, you know, fully. But I asked him, you know, what's the future looking like when it comes to coach building at BMW, you know? And I said, based on Rolls Royce, you know, uh, cars. But clearly, he knew that I was hinting at the 3.0 CSL, and he did give the answer that, you know, they're looking into coach building a lot more than before, something along those lines. And then they're, it's it's interesting to them, and and they're exploring that. So, you know, that's pretty good, you know. Um, answer from him to kind of tease yeah. us that they're definitely looking into that and he did mention one thing you know prior to that and uh related to another question something along the lines that um the problem is that it's it's the homologation right and that's why the 3.0 csl is not really homologated like in the u.s it gets expensive to do it globally and he said that you know for cars that um if you if they make like one off basically it will still cost them the same way that it will cost them to homologate you know three million you know three series basically um, so that's the that's one of the major obstacles really is the homologation price when it comes to safety crash regulations and all of that for for coach building so um, sure but yeah. I mean once you're at the table if you're paying a million for a car or I don't know five million for a car if you're mm -hmm. at the table and you're spending that kind of coin that cost could be in theory passed along to the customer yeah, right? sure. to the person that's willing to, to pay that kind of again to us ridiculous money but again to sure. them might be a drop in the bucket so homologating one car or yeah. 50 or 100 that could be totally passed down and it, it is way more in at least in my mind way more acceptable to pass that cost down to the customer if you're sort of straying outside of the norm and going this is absolutely ridiculous and therefore all the figures that we will be discussing today are ridiculous such as homologation costs <laughs> and Good sir, good ma'am, it's going to cost you this much. But you can have a one-off whatever, right? So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's baked in into the price of the 3.0 CSL. I'm pretty sure a lot of the cost is baked in. I also wonder in the future, and I'd, I'd love to ask like an Adrian Van Hoedunk or anyone, any designer about this, but um, in the future with EVs, due to their the, the less hard points, of like the the structure that is required or like less let me rephrase that less fixed hard points um because there's no engine there's no gearbox there's none of those things that kind of need to be worked around and i think it's easier for car like it's easier for car companies to design cars i wonder if this like kind of bespoke more um you know coach built evs might uh you know pop up in the future because of the the freer uh requirements engineers and designers uh have with ev chassis i don't know if that's true but it seems like there's less to work around mm -hmm. so there may be more room to create more unique kind of one-off designs with evs so i wonder if coach building might kind of come back a little bit or at least um more heavy more heavily customized uh designs or bespoke designs yeah i mean i i, th I think when he he talked about that he didn't say combustion engine or anything like that. So clearly, they're looking more towards electrification. So, my my personal opinion is that they're really talking about coach building into the future with electric cars more than anything else, not necessarily combustion powered. I mean, they're they're always thinking at least five, ten years down the line. We're always thinking on next year, but by now they're into designing cars for 2026, 20, 27, right? So I mean, way ahead of time. So I'm sure they're thinking about that. And I just learned right now, I didn't even realize that they have um, over a thousand designers globally or something like that. Like an insane really? amount of people that work in design, really. Yeah. 
So they're always, and he did mention in that panel actually that there are always a lot of different projects that they do in parallel, you know, and things that they look at. So I'm sure a lot of projects they never come to fruition, but they explore things probably constantly when it comes to design, tech, and all of that. So a lot of the things we never find out about, but no, no doubt about it. They're looking at everything and trying everything. Yeah. All right. So all right. So that was that. We went a little bit longer on that, but um. Let me talk about the XM quickly before we uh, before I end with the X1, and then I let you guys take over. But so I drove the XM, right? So I did my review also. Let me reiterate that quickly as well. To me, it feels like an X5M Competition Plus. I would say it's a um, it's a very capable car. It is extremely fast. I wouldn't say it's you know night and day different than the X5M. That's why I call it an X5 Competition Plus. It does have a lot of few unique features uh, when it comes to the suspension, some other things. So it's definitely an interesting car when it comes to that. Um, then again, um, people that have money, uh, they might not even care, you know, that there is an X5M for sale and they might just go for the XM because it's different and it costs a lot more. I saw the design, I can't really talk about it much because it's kind of like an on the embargo, but I can say this that the exterior design it is close to the concept car that we've seen but they've done a few subtle changes the back that i like a lot more than on the concept and it looks a lot cleaner so it actually looked impressive in real life and that was the, the same feedback that i got from a few people that they were at villa desta they saw the car actually a few hundred people saw the car there they w- it was like an open close room basically so you anyone can actually walk up there sign up and go see the car and uh, surprisingly the feedback was positive because I was not sold on the idea of the XM but after people's feedback um, yeah they were like kind of excited about the car and then also the journalist that I was on the trip uh, with um, uh, car and driver motor train the drive uh, motor one CNET everybody raved about the XM's driving experience I guess I was the only one that wasn't overly excited about it I mean I liked it but I wasn't like over the moon like they were so clearly it left some really good um impressions on, uh, on on some journalists and I think it will be uh, it will be okay it's not going to be a high volume selling model but I feel like if they need to sell a certain amount of cars they should be able to yeah I think it's going to be an impressive car I mean there's no doubt about it I mean plug-in hybrid V8 it's fast 700 horsepower or whatever you know it's fast monstrous sounds great that new engine it's awesome the s68 sure. that engine is really nice i mean the first one we, i haven't driven the s68 yet yeah I, I drove it twice now and it's it's really nice especially with a plug-in hybrid and keep in mind i only drove the 650 horsepower one so i can only imagine a 750 one what he can do i mean this one was was right. fast that will be insanely fast and it sounds great that v8 sounds really nice they've done like people were complaining about the you know the the exhaust pipes arrangement and all of that but it was done actually to be functional more than form and they've done enough changes underneath um to the exhaust system that it actually sounds better than on the x5m so i can say that for sure it just bothers me that it exists because yeah, not that yeah, it exists yeah. but that it exists and what's behind you on yeah. your computer screen yeah, doesn't. yeah yeah i know yeah that's that's yeah. what bothers me yeah because yeah. when M was like, when BMW hinted, like, we're going to make a bespoke M car, it's going to be from the ground up M. Everyone thought it was going to be that. Yeah. And I Division know. M next. Yeah. And now we get a big SUV. And it's like, ugh, really? Yeah. So I, mean, I get it. I get yeah. one. I get it. Yeah. But this is still disappointing. Subverting expectations is a thing. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really big now. So, 
we'll see. Honestly, we'll see when it comes out what people really think after they see the final car because it's it's a lot more toned down when it comes to the exterior design and um, I would say a lot more pleasant than the concept. So I'm curious to see what people uh, say about this. But it's still, I think the unveil is still a long way to go. I think September or something like that or October. So, um, so yeah. So that was that. And then to end my trip... Um, I did film the iX1 and actually the 3 Series facelift too. So let me uh, let me do both because it was the same kind of setup. iX1, honestly, the moment that I walked into that studio, I know that studio really well. And the moment you walk in, you can just see the car in front of you, like they're unveiled, they're there, and you're like, oh wow. So my first impression was like, this is a really good looking car. And it's been a while since I was like, yeah, this is really cool versus, yeah, it's going to grow on me. Let me take another close look. So this one was like, yeah, this is actually really, really cool. So it gave me the X3 vibes immediately, more of a crossover than the quirky looks of the X1 that, you know, that we see today. It's definitely got a nicer shape in the back. The front, it's it's bold, but it's not overly done with the, you know, super huge kidney grills and all of that. It's got a shark nose, which we haven't seen in a while, right? We've seen usually, you know, slanty cut it the other way or very upright, but this one's kind of slanted forward just a little bit. So here's that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, I mean, go back and look at it now. If you look at the side on some of the videos that I put up, you will see that it's a little bit, it's got a little shark nose. And they even mentioned that basically, and it looks really good. Uh, the M Sport package looks great. Honestly, again, not overly done. And um, of course, the iX1, I was excited about it because I, I always felt like BMW needs an entry-level crossover electric that's not an iX because that's really expensive. And um, I just wish, you know, it would have been sold in the U.S. Apparently, it's not sold now in the U.S. Who knows if that will change in the future? It's possible. I mean, it's a seven-year cycle, so they can always change their mind and I really hope they will change their mind because uh, coming from the i3 I would definitely replace the um, the i3 with the iX1 tomorrow I don't even care that much about the range I mean they're talking 438 uh, 438 kilometers uh, WLTP in Europe of course W uh, the EPA will be a lot lower so I don't know maybe 200 something but honestly it's better than the i3 I mean, honestly, even if even if it was like the the i3 range, I would still buy it because it's a lot more practical. It's really good looking, you know. It's got all the new tech. I'd still like the i3 because it's it's also practical and it's fun to drive. But it's just just a newer product and it's a lot larger when it comes to you know interior space. So um, well, also, thing yeah. you said like when we were discussing this, as soon as they revealed it, it was like you you were saying that it's disappointing that it's not coming here because it's literally the perfect i3 replacement. It, it fixes every one of the issues customers had with the i3. Yeah, you know, yeah. more range, more space, uh, more traditional looks. I mean, it's it's yeah. everything the i3 wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably price would have been exactly kind of the same. Right. Yeah, price would have been the same because they're selling it for fifty-five thousand euros in in Germany, and usually U.S. price is a little bit cheaper than that. So I would say probably been the upper forties, maybe low fifties. So I've been i3 price basically i mean yeah but that'll be that of course it'll be more expensive than maybe the tax rebates and all that yeah. it drops the price more but exactly and um interior it's really high tech for a car of in that segment i mean so it's yeah i mean the only thing that you know bothers me still a little bit it's the lack of a uh, physical uh, i drive knob so you have to really use uh yeah. touch screen and voice commands yeah. but um i guess I can live with that. I mean, if <laughs> if that would be the the worst thing about the iX1, I will definitely take it. But even the other cars, I mean, the the regular 
30E, the plug-in hybrid makes over 300 horsepower too, so that should be a lot of fun to drive. And then, um, of course, they're going to have an X1 M35i based on the spy photos that we've seen with quad pipes and all of that, which is an interesting choice. But I'm assuming that will be uh, probably the most powerful one and fun to drive. So, yeah, so X1, I think they nailed it. I feel like there should be no problem selling this one. I didn't see a lot of negative comments on it. And the current generation X1, it's always been really successful, honestly. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, 3 Series was in the other room kind of there, so I kind of stopped by to kind of see it. It took me a little bit of time to um, kind of figure out what the changes were, but clearly the the headlights, once you turn them on, you see you know that they've changed quite a bit, the headlights. They've also modified the bumper in the front, so there is a smaller gap in between the kidneys and, uh, and the lower uh, air intake. So it just looks a lot cleaner, honestly. I saw some people didn't like that, but I actually like it. It looks a lot cleaner that way. And um, it just—I mean—it's—it's it's just gonna be interesting to see what the front plate will look like, um, because there is not a gap there, so that's what usually ends up. So that's another story. But um, gonna start uh, doing what California's doing, where you can like vinyl on the wrap on the front license plates. Yeah, right? yeah. Isn't that California doing that? Is it? Uh, I have no idea actually. I, think, I thought it was California. They passed a law where you can like have yeah. a front license plate wrap. Huh. Put on the front of your car so you don't have to like. Oh, that's cool. Drill stuff into the front of your car. I didn't know that. So that was the three yeah. series interior. Yeah, the interior has changed, so it's really it, it's got the same as we expected. The uh, like the i4 and i the big screen, so nothing new there. But other than that, it looks pretty much the same. I think right. they're offering a lot more options when it comes to sense attack, which was an interesting thing that I just found out. Apparently, when sense attack. Uh, so oh, the the fake leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah leather yeah so basically it's uh, it's really popular in the u.s which if you have told me that i would have said not really because leather seems to be the first choice here but apparently a lot of people have ordered the three series with uh, sensatec in the last few years so now they're offering that sensatec in a lot more uh, uh, color options animal free, right? yeah so. and also they're offering with uh, like perforated seats basically so i don't think the current oh, generation okay. has perforated sensatec it makes sense actually because u.s is going very well you try a lot of states trying to go very green yeah, and very true. vegan. People mm-hmm. are trying to go animal free. Yeah. So. And then the other thing that was interesting, oh yeah, the interesting fact was that they're removing the laser light option for the three series because I guess the take rate was quite low. Nobody was really buying it. But to people that really like the, because um, there was somebody in the comment section saying, hey, you know, but I really like that blue accent that comes with the laser light. So I guess BMW, you know, heard that too, because they're offering the adaptive LED lights with those little blue accents at the bottom, basically. So you do get that. Exactly. Yeah. So That's, that bums me I out. I never really thought about that. Speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, but oh, that bums me out because that's really cool tech, and we're losing it just because the uptake is not. Ugh. But I also don't think that we Although, got the full laser lights, right, Nico? We got kind of like a U.S. version of it. I got yep. very confused with that because there was different versions of it, and yeah, like regulate regulatory issues, and it kind of confused me. Yep, that's true. We got a lamer version of that, but yeah. it sounds like uh, headlight regulations in the U.S. are being revised. So okay. I think moving forward in the future, we'll get what everyone else in the world is getting, which is kind of nice, but yeah. step out of the um, dark headlight. ages, dark <laughs> ages. <yeah. laughs> That's a pun right there. 
All right, so the last piece that I can just tease because I can't really talk much about it, it's definitely under the embargo. It's the M2. I drove the new M2 on the Salzburg Ring, never been there. Quite technical track, rainy day too, so that was interesting. Um, drove in two transmission configurations, so you figured that out. I mean, basically, I, mean, I think we wrote about it anyway. It's CBT? not a big surprise, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so we, the review goes live on June fifteenth. So we can tease that. It'll be a video review. I'll have a you know, print review as well. But I think people will be happy with my thoughts. Mark your calendar, June fifteenth. June fifteenth. Mark your yeah. calendars. Yeah. yeah, and I see. Go yeah. on YouTube right now and click the little notification bell. Yeah, <laughs> really the ultimate. M car today to me might not be to other people they might still like the M2 and M4 but to me the M2 it's like the perfect M car that's the car that I would buy in every generation honestly I was going to ask you a question about it but clearly you can't answer it can't really say much honestly because it's yeah it's they're very strict about uh, first time on an event where you can even share like spy photos of the car because the car was camouflaged so we can we couldn't really see but we couldn't really post I mean, I had. A f- I mean, it's pretty funny, and the M guys would probably laugh about this. But I even said, you know, I took a photo of the uh, of the of the roof, basically, because he had a nice uh, cam on it with a 50-year uh, logo on it, and it looked really cool. And it's literally like, if you look at the photo, you can't even tell what car it is. Like, you can't. It's like a, just a logo, really. Like, it could be any BMW. And they said, nope, can't post it. I'm like, come on. I'm like, this is <laughs> such a cool photo. Like, this is just really building the hype, you know. And they said nope. So it was yeah. They they were really strict about sharing anything from there. I did manage to squeeze out a uh, front rondel shot. You know they only showed the rondel. No kidneys, no anything. Um, but I do have some some cool videos uh, that I did there. So there will be some interesting ones coming out. Nico, you can take over with your test drive. Well, I've had a very boring past uh, couple months, I guess. The very few test drives, very few. Uh, events, but the one thing that I did drive that I think is pretty interesting is the um, the i4 M50, which I was very excited to drive because I loved the iX. I really enjoyed that, and the people told me the i4 was better. Everyone was like, "You're gonna love the i4 more than the iX," and uh, I have a review coming soon. I'm working on it uh, right now and editing the pictures right now. But to uh, to kind of spoil it a little bit i didn't love it as much as the ix ironically but it was uh it's very fast it's very interesting and it's kind of boring actually at the same time so i don't want to spoil too much about it because uh you know the review's coming but it's a weird car because it is it is like it's very impressive in what it can do but at the same time it's also feels a little bit like a missed opportunity in some ways and i think i'm the only person to say that because everyone seems to be impressed by it i think i like the ix more i think it was more of an impressive car and i think a lot of that has to do with the 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 chassis i I mean i'm excited to talk about it like i don't like i said i don't want to spoil everything here but it was definitely a car that there was a lot about it i liked and some that i didn't like so much um i think it, it's this weird oddball, I think, of a car because, especially with its price, I think it's priced really well. Um, it's cheaper than an M3 competition, and it's almost as fast, and it's all electric. Like, that's pretty cool, you know? And it's more practical because it has the hatchback trunk. So I think that's a very cool proposition. It's a great value proposition, I think, if you're looking at performance, 
sedans uh, in that space. I, I you look at the M3 competition, which is a brilliant car, but then the i4 is like just as fast. Um, you know, has the super high tech powertrain. It's more practical. It looks a little bit different. Um, I think mostly it looks better, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the, the forget, just chop the front off. I don't like either of them, but uh, the the rest of it, I think the i4 M50 looks better um, than the M3 because it's just the, the silhouette of it is cooler. Um, and it, so it's, it's interesting in that way, but then again, it's not also that, it's really not that exciting to drive. So like the M3 is like, you know, thrilling and it's incredible to drive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's memorable. The i4 M50, it doesn't feel any different than the m440i grand coupe just that it's all electric and faster like the powertrain feels different but the the body like the the, the chassis and the, the suspension the steering don't really feel all that different it just feels heavy to be honest it feels heavier because it is heavy mm-hmm. it's like you know what is it like you know over five thousand pounds or something like it's really heavy and it, you can tell that when you when you push it hard you can feel like this thing weighs as much as an suv it's just like it i mean yeah all the weights low down so it, it's you know it has a great center of gravity and it doesn't pitch and roll but it's just you, you can only fight physics so much so when you push it hard it's like okay this thing doesn't want to play that hard um it just doesn't like it uh it just feels too cumbersome but it's an electric uh, car though powertrain yeah i mean it is nice. but yeah. um it just doesn't it, it doesn't feel like the performance car that i think it uh, markets itself as you know there's like a thousand m badges all over it but it just doesn't feel like that um and then another thing that kind of i noticed is that it it and and there's no help getting around this it's just it is what it is um it doesn't feel like like the ix felt special like this this from the ground up ev you know radical new thinking like it felt really special the i4 doesn't feel special and I know there are two different things, and you know the i4 is based on a 4 series, so it can't do that. But like, prior to driving it, everyone told me you're gonna like the i4 more, and I just, I just didn't. I thought the ix, I think the ix feels like an i, like it feels as special as the i3 did back in 2014. Like it feels like this is a new way of thinking for BMW, and this is a new way. Well, it's funny you say that because I struggled with that initially too when I drove the cars back to back, and. Um uh, over the last few months, I've had a conversation with people looking into electric cars and they were asking about the i4 and then the iX and all of that. And I even talked to to a couple of dealers, you know, and, and I mean, one, like, first point, they're sold out for, like, a very long time. You can't even get one until, like, 2023. And Which one? Both? Or? Uh, the the i4, M, M15, yeah, and the iX2. I mean, they're really, they're really sold out for, for, like, at least six months for each model into 2023 now. And... Uh, but but uh, the feedback that I heard, you know, from some people, and when I explained to them the differences, and also what the dealers told me was that that people actually like the fact that it just looks like a BMW, and it's, and it's like a BMW. Like like to them, it's like they don't want something different. Like we do, like a bespoke iX, which is different, you know. That they're like, oh, we just want a BMW that's electric. So the way that they right. that they come to the dealer, they don't say say we want, you know. We're thinking about the i4 and iX. No, they said we want an electric, you know, three series basically or a four series, and that's kind of that's kind of how they shop right now. Of course, you know that might change in the future, but apparently those f- those first units being sold, they're sold to people that really just want an electric BMW, like people that maybe don't want to drive yeah. the Tesla, and then they say, well, we want to drive an electric BMW. What do you have? And they don't have that many options. Clearly, they only have two now, right? 
So they are going for the i4 M50 that way, and they like the fact that it just looks inside, and it's all like uh, BMW. It's familiar. So it's interesting because I would I would pick the iX, if you, uh, you know, just because it's unique inside and it's got a lot more space and it's bespoke. Uh, but then I'll probably end up buying someday the i4 because it's a lot cheaper. So if I shop by price, I'll pick the i4, not because I like it more than the iX, just because it's a lot cheaper. All right. Well, and I, so. I mentioned in my review um, that if you, in my video review at least, that if if that's what you're looking for, if like you're not looking for something that feels radically different, then the i4 is a really good choice yeah. um, because it, it is objectively a very good car, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's smooth, it's fast, uh, it has a good interior, same as basically every other BMW right now um, on the inside. That's practical. It is a good car. It just, like, it's, it's very, it's, it is expensive, right? So it's $65,000. You know, it starts to get expensive. So if you're looking at, like, an electric 3 Series, mm-hmm. you know, the, the i4 M50 does get quite pricey. And mm-hmm. you would say, well, then the i4... 40 is there which is much cheaper and that's that no argument for me yeah i mean honestly the 40 would be my choice also if i would buy it because i don't need that much power from the 50 i don't need the m badges i can buy in sport package on the on the 40 um and you put some winter tires on it and you solve the problem with the right you know single real motor so that shouldn't be an issue it's still be heavy too so yeah, like yeah. even with rear wheel drive and winter tires you'll you'll dig into the snow pretty hard yeah so um Honestly, I mean, I, I, I drove the i4 M50 quite a bit, actually, uh, now. And, um, like, then again, I it just I feel like it's just a, just an electric BMW. I guess the, f- the 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 true M cars we will see towards the end of the decade. I think this is just them playing a little bit with the current platform and trying to improve it a little bit. But, honestly, there is not much I feel like they can do anyway with the iX M60 or with the iX or with the i4 M50. It's just for people that want to... No, more expensive car and more power. To be honest with you, though, I think I would get an i4 M50 over a Tesla Model 3 Performance only because uh, I think it's better at being a car, right? Like, it does all the car things you want it to do um, while also being stupid fast Mm -hmm. and, you know, better dealer network and all that stuff. So I think it's a great electric option, but for someone looking at that M badge, I think it might be disappointing. However, without driving the i440... Uh, so full disclosure i haven't driven it um i think just on paper it's going to be the better choice just because yeah like you said you don't really need that much more power it's still going to feel quick because it's electric um and it's going to be lighter on the front end so it's going to probably have better steering uh it's going to be rear-wheel drive so it's going to feel better balanced um and it's going to be cheaper so i think that's going to be a really good interesting car i can't wait to drive that actually yeah also just a brief note on the 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 new class of the Noik was Noik Classa uh, tr- chassis that's coming out. Yeah. The, well, like the electric uh, architecture. BMW needs to get their like their uh, story straight with that because outside of us talking to other journalists and commenters and stuff, no one has any idea what it's going to be. If it's going to be all electric, or or if it's going to be scale like flexible, or yeah. what kind of cars it's, it's going to be built on. Like we're the only ones that get it. Everyone seems very confused, and yeah. I feel like that's going to cause confusion among customers. But I feel like only it's the electric. It's definitely electric, a yeah. problem. Yeah. But also, I feel like only the electric 
enthusiasts really care about the platform. Like, I, I honestly don't see a lot of BMW customers even thinking about, oh, is it a platform that's flexible or is it dedicated or yeah, like, that's probably true. They don't that's care. And they're gonna, they're gonna. I mean, the the top three questions all the time for electric cars are really the range the charging you know and then what what will be the third actually those are the two ones man, not even three performance performance, performance. maybe yeah but i would say I make youtube videos like in yeah. Tesla. but really when people ask me you know about my electric car they say okay what's the range and where can i charge it and how long does it take really mm -hmm. this then then they ask me about me okay do you have enough space can you do that but really they say what's the range you know and how do, do i charge it yeah. So I mean, of course, and, and then I try to be smart and say, well, by the way, you know, this is uh, made out of carbon fiber. You know, it doesn't rust. You know, and it's really you only see supercars built like this. And they're like looking at me like, like I don't care. <laughs> I only keep the car two three years. I don't need to worry about rust, and I don't need to yeah. worry about lightweight and all of that. So honestly, it's it's us really You're that we're analyzing. Stuff, people yeah, don't care about nerd really stuff. is nerd stuff. I mean. What? Let's also get to Tom Mulogany also. I mean, uh, you know, he's like Tom is such an expert when it comes to EVs and especially to like charging. But I feel like, you know, the, the very few people that, that care about that, you know, charging speeds and, you know, zero to 80 and they're like, you know, that's, that's why BMW even changed their, um, their communication style right now. So they say, well, if you charge 10 minutes, you're going to get 150 kilometers. So they're, so they're not saying like anymore 10% or 20%, they're saying kilometers or miles, which is smart, yeah. you know, because you want to tell people if you charge for 10 minutes anywhere at, at, fast, at uh, fast charging, then you get this much range. Also, the, the terminology right now is confusing because you rate your battery in kilowatt hours, you rate your charge speed in kilowatts, you know, there's miles per kilowatt hour. There's yeah. a lot of like confusing terms and I feel uh -huh. like customer, like I was having this conversation with someone the other day who doesn't know anything about this sort of stuff mm -hmm. and they were like asking me questions and I'm kind of trying to explain it and they're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, like, tell like me the range. Yeah, the, 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 like that's, um, that's, it is a smart way to do it. Minutes. Like time yeah. and miles is an easy way to kind of get customers into this. You know, 10 minutes gets you 100 miles of charge or whatever, you know. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's, you're, you're right, that is smart. Yeah. So I, and also when people ask me, so I mean, this question comes up a lot more now than before. Friends ask me, should I buy a Tesla or a BMW i4? And I'm like, my tough question, right? I mean, and I always say, you know, Tesla has a better charging infrastructure, clearly, there is no doubt about it. So yeah. if you don't want to worry too much about charging, you know, if charging it's important to you because you don't have a charger at home, then I would say Tesla might be the best choice for you. But if you care about more like the, I mean, we, we talked about it so many times, but if you care about the build and the premium, you know, and the badge and all of that, then you buy the BMW i4, hands down, no questions asked. So it's really, the main advantage the Model 3 still has is the charging infrastructure today, basically. And you can digitally put whoopee cushions on people's seats. Yes. Beauty. I think to end on this with the electric cars and BMWs and all of that is really that um, somebody asked, and I, I think I asked him also, but it was more even a official setting versus me talking to um, uh, to Frank Van Mille, you know, off the record. But someone asked in that panel at the Villa Destel, um, how are the you know m electric of the future going to differentiate themselves from you know other cars basically and 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 i guess that's the more interesting you know topic is how do you make sure that future 
end cars and sports cars really have a unique character because like you said you know the i4 m50 does a lot of things well as a car it doesn't it, it clicks you know it, it ticks all the right boxes but then again it's not overly exciting as a, as a sports car right so how do you make sure that future not just bmws but how you can name any other major brand how they're going to make sure that this true sports car like the 911s and you know the AMGs now that will be extremely exciting with an electric drivetrain. So to me, that's the more interesting topic to follow in the future. So, just real quick before we before we end this, I have one more thing I forgot to mention about the i4, and you just reminded me of it. One thing that BMW does that differentiates the i4, at least the M50, from uh, every other electric car, and it's one that I think is a killer. It's the best thing they've done in years. It's the Hans Zimmer sounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is awesome. It is completely stupid and childish and absurd. It is amazing, though. You, it sounds like you're flying a spaceship. It is awesome. It's it's louder, much louder than I thought it was. Like you really, really hear it. You hear it on deceleration too. So if you're in like regen, you start to regen and whoa, it slows down. Like it's so cool. It's like being in Star Wars. It's amazing. It's so dumb and silly and childish, but it's the best thing BMW's done in a long time. I I loved it so much. I felt like a little idiot. I put my kid in the back. He thought it was like the coolest thing he's ever seen in a car. So like that sort of childlike. Um, fun that bmw injected into that with something so like i mean probably not simple it's probably incredibly complicated to make but something so simple as you know just making it sound interesting mm-hmm. really actually amped up the fun factor of the car and uh, i liked it so much like it's so cool that it makes the fake speaker noise that comes out of like internal combustion cars sound ridiculous because like that's fake trying to be real this is fake trying to be absurdly fake and it's so much better like it's so cool i love that so much it's fascinating because i really think that this is an untapped sort of sector that we haven't truly quite like wrapped our heads around but like this will be and is currently like a very uh important area tied to electric vehicles moving forward like the sound because it's again not something that we ever really thought about uh, because we knew that combustion engines would make noise. They just naturally right. make noise. Uh, in this new world that is uh, electric-powered, um, th- there's going to be entire fields, right? Entire, like, college courses that will, like, cater to uh, teaching people how to do proper electric noises. Yeah, yeah I mean... I feel like yeah. There's, there's no limit either. Do whatever you want, Right. Yeah, well, and we'll I feel like, cushion, so. and I feel like they're gonna be offering like sound packs like in the future. That's what they're doing the over the air updates, and I feel like they're gonna be like maybe anniversary sound packs they're gonna offer. Maybe you can subscribe to get more sounds. I mean, it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. one if you pay subscription like every month to get access to a library of different sounds. That could be in- yeah, interesting, maybe. you know, especially like you said, kids. Yeah. Kids might love that. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Lucas Films pack. Yeah, literally what I was just fighter, thinking. Uh, right, yeah. like they could p- partner with you know other brands and. Yeah, you, I mean, know? you can really do a lot of interesting things, but there's some people that just say, well, it's silly, I just want to disable it, and of course you have the option to disable it yeah, too. You so, can, that's yeah. the beauty of it, you can disable I think, it. You know, um, I love just, it. I'm imagining awesome. the Jetsons, like the Jetsons, I want that, that's what I want uh, when, when I accelerate. <laughs> yeah, or, or whoopee cushions. Or whoopee cushions. <laughs> <laughs> you you never go wrong with whoopee cushions, right? <laughs> 
there is Make a there is a thing for everyone you know there's always something for everyone so so anyway so that's kind of all i had oh yeah i think yeah, we I'm went tapped out. I, can, I guess I for next time we cool can thing. tease we can tease what, we, what we're going to talk next time Ho- hopefully it's not going to be another month so we'll try to do it quicker but i guess uh, i yeah. still have to talk about the ix flow that i saw which was the um uh, color oh, changing ix had a chance to see it in real life IX. finally yes mm. i can talk mm. about the i7 a lot more because i spend a lot more time with the car now so i definitely have a lot of experience from with the tech especially i feel like i'm a you know product genius right now when it comes to the to the i7 <laughs> <laughs> so How that's are you dealerships yeah exactly that's a good one and uh and i'll share the m2 of course i'll share the m2 review as well i think by that time we should i should be able to talk about it so that would be a very interesting one and uh, i guess I'm nico excited. yeah nico's got a 230i coupe that's one that i definitely would definitely want to talk about it in the next episode because it, it, it's a car that i liked quite a bit actually when i, I drove I it like a lot yeah, yeah so it's we can car. talk about that and then i guess james will have some other topics for us maybe shares with us some new things about his m3cs you know it's been a, it's quite a popular car in the internet world Maybe, possibly, <laughs> probably. Let's hope so. Uh, even though that M4 CSL kind of stole my heart a little bit, but I'm I'm working real hard to. Well, your M3 hey. CS looks a lot better, so. <laughs> you can see the M4 well, CSL. Like you, you say I don't that, hate the but CSL, I, but it still has that grill. M3 CS is. You guys can drive to New Jersey. It's actually at the headquarters. It's going to be there for a while. <laughs> Might be a long oh, drive yeah, for you, uh, James, but. It's up in. Uh, up in the lobby and look away. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna stay there for uh, for a little bit before he goes on to another show, probably. But um, it's it's yeah, there it's if you want to say. Yeah, if you really it's gonna be a little hard it. for me, so you're gonna have to fly me yeah. out there. Yeah, just, just like say. waltz into New Jersey. Well, you can just take a the road other trip. End of the country. Take a road trip from the Seattle. <laughs> yeah. you know, with the M3CS, that'll be the yeah, perfect yeah. road trip. Road trip to I mean, New Jersey, something no one if has ever planned. <laughs> if I were to do that, that would turn into a video on if it's in and of itself, just like. M3CS cross cross US road trip to meet its older, newer, you know, successor. To see its replacement, yeah, or older brother, yeah. Cool. All right. So thanks, guys, for the quick chat. I guess we'll be back in a week or two with a lot more things. Yeah. As always, thanks for watching. You'll find us on all the podcasts channels i guess spotify and apple music and everything else and of course on our youtube channel you can also follow james on his channel james Backage. we're gonna leave that in the description there he's got a lot of interesting <laughs> th- you know things on there too so always fun having you guys yeah thanks thanks for joining yeah, we'll see you soon yeah. Yeah. thanks guys all right bye, bye.